Welcome and thank you for joining us. At Worship Harvest, we believe that we are a movement of the gospel, discipleship, and mission. And we are committed to catalyzing spiritual, social, and economic renewal in our immediate communities, and as a result, the world. Here is this week's teaching. With the music ringing in the mind. My God, my God. Anyway, Luke chapter 7. It reads, verse 36, if you can read with me. Then one of the Pharisees ask him to eat with him. Now, my monitor sound is such that the monitor to my left is much louder than the monitor to my right. So I feel like that guy who has one ear bigger than the other. And he went to the Pharisee's house and sat down to eat. Now, we are talking, we are talking about Jesus. Amen. We came to talk about Jesus. Jesus is worth talking about. Yeah, because we are in the middle of a revival. And a revival without Jesus is not a real revival. Hey. So it says here, one of the Pharisees asked, now if you know by reading the Gospels, the relationship between Jesus and the Pharisees, you should understand that this is a very unlikely invitation which when you read towards the end you realize it wasn't even in good faith because they invited him to dishonor him hey what's going on you people <clears throat> yeah you'll see later that he told he tells him you didn't give me any water to wash. You didn't kiss me on entering. It's like how you invite someone, very important, and then you don't even greet them when they reach there. I don't know the most awkward visit you have ever gone for. Apart from Ekwanjula, of course. <clears throat> yeah. You invite someone of Jesus' caliber and you don't greet them, you don't give them water to wash, which was a required custom. That when someone like that comes, you greet them and sit them and you give them water to, to wash. Yeah, that was customary washing. Nothing like that. Anyway, that's later. Let's go verse by verse. Are you good? Are you ready? We are talking about who? Jesus! Victory, victory, victory is for someone tonight. Victory. Someone, someone, you're, you're breaking certain boundaries in your mind. Boundaries in your brain. Obstacles in your thinking. Yeah, you're receiving new capacities tonight to think, to dream, to perceive, to release. One of the Pharisees asked him to eat with him. And Jesus 
knowing what was going to happen, still went. And the Bible says he sat down to eat. Now, in those days, the, it wasn't like uh, some of you who live on apartment number XYZ on the eighth floor. When an important guest like this came, there were the invited guests who sat and ate, and then there were other uninvited guests who, because the idea was not to eat. You get what I'm saying? If you ever get taken on a date, please understand the idea is not to eat. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. That, that's not the time to say, aha, uh -huh, I've never eaten this, I've never eaten that, I've never eaten that. And then you make orders that make whoever took you on the date wonder if this is a good idea. Amen, somebody. So if you ever get taken on a date, the idea is not the food. Are there people? I'm preaching. Yeah. So, even in this scenario with Jesus, the idea was not the food. Yeah, the food is just an excuse for something else, for, for conversation, for discussion on big topical issues. Like you getting married to the person... Somebody's receiving the kind of joy that cannot be taken away from you. The kind of joy that cannot be taken away from you. But no circumstance, no situation can take away from you. Let me get back to Jesus at the Pharisee's house. So there are the invited guests, but the, house, the houses, we are designed in such a way that other people could catch up with whatever was happening through the open doors and windows. So you had a lot of people around who had just come to figure out the kind of high-level conversation between a Pharisee and the rabbi called Jesus. Are you following? Isn't it amazing for those who read the book that the, one of the greatest catalysts for revival in history, William Seymour, when he went to the Bible school because of because Charles Palm's Bible, because of racism, he had to attend the class from outside on the veranda. Just hearing through the, the window what was being taught in the class in which he was supposed to be a student. And yet, the people who are inside, we don't read anything about them. We don't know who Seymour's classmates were. Don't be one of them. Yeah. 
Because what she prophets people, you have been invited too much to this thing. God has made it abundantly clear to you. But some insiders are, are, are behaving like they, they don't understand. But I am not God. So I don't decide what God does. But may God find you still worthy. Yeah. I know some of you, you think you not go to the extent that you can tell him what to do. No. God has liberties that he can exercise at any time that you have no clue about. Yeah. God has liberties. Yeah. God has liberties to take people to heaven as and when he decides. Yeah. God has liberties to heal you. He also has liberties not to. I know that sounds contrary for, for some people. But, but, yeah. God has liberties that we human beings have no clue about. So, he can choose to use whoever he chooses. And, and by the way, that's my biggest point tonight. That when he looks in your direction and even thinks, I think I can use this one. Just, just, just be like, yeah, don't be there dragging your feet. It's a heart issue. It has nothing to do with where you're positioned in a ministry. Yeah. Same, I was on the veranda and God used him to unleash a revival. The people who sat in the classroom, we don't even know one. God has liberties. That's why, you know, I can't get too familiar with God. It's not even a good idea. I have many verses to go. Now, he sat down to eat. Okay, so you've got the context. This is Jesus. Of course, he doesn't travel alone. He has come with his what? Disciples. And of course, the Pharisee also has his own what? Crew. Disciples, the Pharisee class. And then you have all these townsfolk, onlookers, listening in and hearing what is being discussed. Amen. Next verse says, And behold, a woman in the city who was a sinner, when she knew that Jesus sat at the table in the Pharisee's house, brought an alabaster flask of fragrant oil. Now, a woman in the city who was a sinner. You know, when now your identity is such that in the city you are known as a sinner. So that when a, a guy sits on the border and says, I'm going to the sinner's house. And the border guy knows exactly which house you're talking about. This is the situation. Now, I don't know what has defined you before or even now. Glorious or not. Where people know well, oh, you're talking about the depressed guy. Oh, you're talking about the broke guy. Oh, you're talking about the... Yeah. This one was known in the city. It says a woman in the city 
who was a sinner. You see, in the village, there are not many people. So everyone knows everyone, including who impregnated whose daughter and uh, who hasn't paid whose debt and who, who stole whose got and who drank too much at the last village party and said things that they were not supposed to say. I don't know why people over there don't look like they are. Yeah. Now, but when this is in the city, yeah, it's one thing to be known as the village sinner. It's another thing to be known as the city sinner. Because this is another level in the city. You know, like for some of you, in your village, you are very well known. Yeah. You're so well known that one of your village folk is one of these days going to take a bus to come to Kampala and they will get out in the bus park and ask Ngenda wa mwamibu Kenya Montuale I mean the guy assumes that how you are known in the village is how you are known in the city how many of you know there is a difference yeah yeah. So this business of a wagundi in the village thinking it's a wagundi here. Yeah, you better have a plot number and some more whatever and learn to use Google Maps. <laughs> are we okay? Yeah. So we are not about village sinners here. Yeah. City sinners, they sin at a completely different level. Yeah, by the time you get known. <laughs> yeah, these are different levels. Anyway, this woman who was a sinner, huh? the Bible says when she knew, you see there are some people, when they are going somewhere, people get to know. Amen. I don't want to belabor that point. I really want to, I want to reach my main point. It's at the end of the text. But every time I try, I find other things that people here might find useful. Yeah, like when, 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 if when you move, no one. Yeah. Yeah. At least your spouse should know that you're going somewhere. Yeah, bare minimum influence. Yeah, the husband, the wife knows that you're going to visit the Kazibwe's. The people around the Kazibwe's house may completely not know what, but may God save and heal us all from that level of incognito, eh? incognition. Yeah, where it's like no one. Like some of you, when you came here, no one knew you came. But, but you see, Pastor Apollo, Pastor Apollo, yeah, yeah, yeah. Self God, self God. If you don't want to be that person where no one knows when you're moving, please serve God. Yeah. If you serve Pharaoh, no one will know when you're moving. 
Yeah. Some things come by the anointing. Yeah. You can have money, but no one will know that you are moving. Keep your money. But when you are anointed, people are supposed to tell. So and so is going to eat at so and so's house. Lugambo has already traveled. Shekabraha. Do you receive it? You shall be known. People will know when you're moving. Yeah, you know when you're invited somewhere and the uninvited people invite themselves because you have been invited there. That's the level of influence I'm talking about for worship harvest members. Yay! Hmm. Anyway, when she knew that Jesus sat at the table in the Pharisee's house, she brought an alabaster flask of fragrant oil. She brought her worship equipment. Yeah. When she knew that Jesus, she brought something valuable. That I'm telling you, God is going to open your mind one day like this and show you certain things and you will never go for a, a service where you know Jesus will be ever again in a certain way without carrying things that are valuable your voice, your treasure, your time and I want to celebrate all of you who are here and who have been coming every day, every day it's because you recognize you recognize the presence of Jesus. So you bring your best. Amen. Amen. So this woman, you see, it's so interesting. As you see in the story, the Pharisees are very well educated people in the Bible, in the Word. They are the custodians of scriptural interpretation. Are you following? You would equate this to the people who have been in the church the longest. I have found that the longer you stay in this church, the more risky your worship is going to be. Yeah. The more you stay in church as a believer, just attending, attending, even, even if as a leader. Yeah. While people show up on time for the worship time, you come you just was it you have lost a sense of the presence of jesus and it is the people like this woman they don't know much they don't know all the scriptures they haven't lived right but their hearts are open to jesus they want jesus they want to serve jesus they want to give their treasure to Jesus. We are talking about revival. But I want to show you how you can keep your passion for Jesus alive. Because the moment you stepped in a church and they gave you some responsibility, your passion for Jesus started dying whether you know it or not. 
I'm telling you as one who has been. Your passion for Jesus started dying, whether you know it or not. Because our passion for God is not fueled by our service. That's why Mary could sit there with Jesus while Martha was busy cooking. One of them had, that's why Jesus told Martha, she has chosen the better part. Yeah. You are cumbered about with much serving. But Mary has chosen the better part and it shall not be taken away from her. How many of you understand what I'm talking about? Hey. Said one thing is needed. And you know, another scripture, I'm wondering which one it is, sort of corroborates and says that this, it's possible that this is the woman who brought the alabaster is Mary. Yeah, so it was a heart issue. She was that person. Always trying to figure out how to be with Jesus, how to whatever, Jesus, everything is Jesus, Jesus. While other people were there trying to reason things out. Yeah, the revival is not going to be built on your intellectual, theological, uh, philosophical, uh, hermeneutical, uh, exegetical. Huh? Yeah. No, it's, it's hard. It's hard. People who are known as sinners are doing the right things to Jesus while people who know Leviticus from numbers, from what, are just there reasoning it out. I have decided that I will not be left out of this thing because of what I think I know about God. You see, what you know about God is what is robbing you of a real revival experience. Because what ends up happening is that while revival is happening, it can be missing in your personal life. And you wonder why everyone else is excited and happy. But you can decide that that will not be me. Amen. Amen. Sit down and let's see if we can continue. So she brought this alabaster flask of fragrant oil. In another scripture, they say that it was a, worth a year's wages. Now, there are two different types of people anytime I'm speaking in an environment like this. Those who have done the SFFG mastermind and those who have not. And typically, not always, but typically, those who have done the SFFG mastermind usually have more income than those who have not because they know how to create income streams. Now, don't get annoyed if you haven't done. I'm just trying to state a fact. I go on. So for those who have done the SFFG Mastermind and you did income streams and your coach challenged you to make sure it can't be below 100 million a year. Do you remember the first time when you presented your thing, 13 and a half million? That's all you wanted to make in a year. And then the coach was like, get on with the program. That's, that's not money. Now let's get to making some little money 
And there are folks here who took the challenge on and they had to step it up. If you ever go for an SFG mastermind, just know you have been cheated if your coach didn't insist on you making 100 million minimum a year. Yeah, so you can always go back and ask for a refund from the coach. <laughs> Looks like I'm revealing things here. Now, so for those who have been well coached and you are making at least 100 million a year, now imagine that there is this little glassy thing with some liquid in it that costs about that much. Not one income stream. It says it was worth a year's wages. Yeah. Wow. So she shows up. Religion is bad. Religion is bad because... <laughs> uh, all right, let's go back to Luke 7 in NKJV. Anyway, so next verse, and stood at his feet. This is the woman standing at Jesus' feet. Behind him. Doing what? Weeping. You probably have wondered about those who make noise, scream, jump, get excited. While you are very organized. <laughs> I'm just here, to, I'm trying to be open here, yeah? That we are in the middle of a revival, but don't let it pass you. Because Jesus, Jesus is the embodiment of revival. Yeah, the revival came to the Pharisee's house and he didn't know it. And some woman who was not invited is experiencing revival. She's going through all the things that a person who is going through revival is going through. She's worshipping Jesus. She's honoring Jesus. She's giving sacrificially. She's weeping. She's emotional about it. Some of us, the way we deal with God, it's like it's a piece of metal. Yeah. How many of you have ever looked at your fork and cried? Okay. So, what was happening? She was weeping. Weeping. I want you to picture this. Hmm? And she began to wash his feet with her hair. Now, this is awkward and uncomfortable, inappropriate. What else? What are the other words? Yeah, I, this is not... Yeah. No, no, no. This is no, 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 no. No, scandalous. Hmm. She began to wash his feet with her tears and wiped them with the hair of her head. Now, 
for clarity for those who are listening to us in 2022 it wasn't the kind of hair you can remove from the head then you start <laughs> yeah 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 <laughs> Can we continue? Have we clarified? Yeah. <laughs> Sisters, may the Lord bless you. So this was her real hair that she was using. Next part, and she kissed his feet. that didn't have tarmac huh? the people from no uh... <laughs> the people from what <laughs> If I've been walking from Mubuate to Bolindo, where the Pharisee's house is, in Sandoz, and those days the roads were not just filled with dust, but because people used donkeys and other animals for transportation. When you walked, your feet also picked up a little bit of the drops. So, she was kissing his feet and anointed them with the fragrant oil. Hey. Blessing and glory and honor and power forever. Blessing and glory and honor and power forever and ever and ever. I, 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 I have a friend called Sese Julius. He once taught me about worship. He told me that worship is not this thing that people do. Clap those hands. Ah, ah. So to the left, to the right. To the left, to the right. Lift your voice, everybody. Woo! Says no, that. He says that's not worship. Yeah. So he gave me the best metaphor that I have ever had for worship. He told me. Have you ever found a house where they've, be, they've not maintained things so well and where there was once a socket 
there is some cables sticking out of the wall. You understand what I'm talking about? And then you wanted to find out if the cables still carry electricity or not. And so you went and did what? Touched the cables. He says, when you touch a live wire, eh? what you do next, that is worship. Yeah. <laughs> that is worship. Yeah. It's unchoreographed. It's uncontrolled. It's, uh, it's, it's, it's not... It's, there is no diggy. No one tells you how loud it should be. No one controls your body movement. You, all you need to do is what? Touch. Yeah. All you need to do is touch. And what happens next? Yeah. The response. Yeah. So I can understand when Prophet Angela and Pastor Blesso have to tell some of you, louder, to the left, to the right. Yeah, you haven't touched. Yeah, or you last touched so long ago, you've forgotten the, the feeling. Or now you have plugged up all the walls. You, are, you don't want to touch. You want to just switch on and off in a controlled way. But this lady was clearly having a worship experience. This is a worship experience. Indignified. And undignified. And, and everything that you don't expect on a Sunday morning in your nice little church. But you realize that this wasn't coming out of a logical, analytical, planned, well-calculated, I will go, then I will reach there, then I will approach from behind, then I will wait 30 seconds, then I will open the bottle, then I will start crying, then I will... No, 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 no. This is different. Now, what a shock. Now, when the Pharisee who had invited him saw this, he spoke to himself. He didn't say it out, but saying, This man, if he were a prophet, Huh? would know who and what manner of woman this is who is touching him. For she is a what? Now, Jesus didn't speak within himself. He answered and said to him, Simon, I have something to say to you. So he said, teacher, say it. And then he tells a story. But I want you to see, for me, this whole story is so 
entertaining on many different levels. It depends on what you're looking for. Jesus, the Pharisee, the woman, the other Pharisees, the disciples, the onlookers. Now, that, that's that, the part <laughs> that always amazes me. Because I want you to imagine Jesus seated down, like Chiganda style. Maybe with his hand on the what? Eh? Eh? Let me try. Eh? He's like so. Where is the chapati? He dips the chapati in the what? In the stroganoff. They are eating. They are talking deep theological things. Leviticus. Talking about adultery. Uh, impact of that, the whatever, the Ten Commandments. He's at a Pharisee's house, so don't think they are quiet. They are discussing heavy-duty theology with other Pharisees and Jesus' disciples. I think they are there. Eh? They are now used to his wisdom. They are like, So John is telling James, you just wait. You first send those beans because anytime now he's going to unleash a thing. They keep eating. Yeah. Bartholomew, Bartholomew tells who? Uh, who's the other one? Judas. Where is the vacado? They are eating. They are what? They are eating. Remember, they are eating while talking. Heavy theology. And then. This woman comes from behind. I think Jesus was seated like this. That's why he, she had access to his what? Feet. Otherwise, if he had sat like the way some Chinese sit, she would not have had access. And for me, the most amazing thing is while she's there busy, weeping, wiping, Jesus is continuing to eat. And to converse, like nothing is going on. It's just like, no more day. No more day. <laughs> wow. Wow. No more day. Wow, Jesus. Like, how can you have in the same room Pharisees? These Galileans who are totally uncultured, who are his disciples, Jesus, and then this woman. Meanwhile, everyone is looking. So the Pharisees meditate. It's like, I don't know what to say to him next, but if, if he knew, he would know. Now, I don't want to you to create imaginations in Kampala City and who if, if imagine those of you are good Catholics or Anglicans, the Archbishop is seated having a meal at uh, someone's house, maybe the Sheikh's house 
the mufti. And then a certain woman of the city, don't mention the name. Is there smooching the archbishop's feet? Yeah? And it's on TV. You know, one of those who probably has a, a, a social media account with a lot of followers. Because I think it's live on t- YouTube. Are you still here? Or where you want to go? <clears throat> you are seeing. Now you know tomorrow is a public holiday. But we have flow prayer. So Jesus told this story. There was a certain creditor who had two debtors. One owed 500 denarii and the other 50. And when they had nothing with which to repay, he freely forgave them both. Tell me, therefore, which of them will love him more? Simon answered and said, I suppose the one whom he forgave more? And he said to him, you have rightly judged. Then he turned to the woman and said to Simon, do you see this woman? I entered your house, you gave me no water for my feet, but she has washed my feet with her tears and wiped them with the hair of her head. You gave me no kiss, but this woman has not ceased to kiss my feet since I came in. I need to say this. There are some of us who think that God is depending on our love for him. God is going to raise lovers of God. Eh? Hmm? God is going to raise lovers of God. People who will be praying and they will make your prayer life look pedestrian. Yeah. God, God is not short. You see, God is not short of people to love him. And that's why I'm telling you, what I've observed even in worship service is that some of the people who have been longer in church, they are the harder ones to convince that there's a revival. God is moving. Things are happening. Get involved. It's people who are recently saved that are launching missional communities, what, leading zones, what? But I will not be left out. You will not be left out. Determine not to be left out. I told you. I told you. Eagerness reduces with time. Whether it's in the things of God, whether it's in a marriage, it doesn't matter what it is. I remember the first day I drove the car I drive now. You would have thought I was driving on eggshells. All the potholes were to be. 
avoid dread. You slow down on the humps. You, you know how you go for the humps? Now, those were the humps. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. My kids know about it. Where, where is Paul and Angela? Where are you? Where is Paul and Angela? They went home. How can they miss a revival meeting like this one? Yeah, we call it Nuka Syndrome. Yeah. You find guys with UBK. They are on, on Chimbeja Road. You're like, why are you to today? Just get on the side. We want to go home. <laughs> yeah. When well, I think it's new. Yeah. <laughs> uh, who else has suffered from Nuka syndrome here? Yeah. Please. When, there are some questions when they are asked. Eh? You just answer as if. Yeah. Because, like. If I say one suffered from Yuka syndrome, but you don't say anything, people are going to immediately realize that you probably have not had a what? And you came before, which is not good. So, who has suffered from Yuka syndrome? <laughs> ah, I like it. Eagerness reduces with time. Yeah, you have to be watchful. Eagerness in any relationship. So you realize that you're more polite with your newer friends than the ones that you have had for a long time. Like, ah, we're sorting. Eh? But newer friends, oh, hello. You're, you're, you bring out the best of you. And your older friends, they just get the, 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 the crumbs of your manners. Yeah, and that's what happens in marriage also. Crumbs of manners. So even in your relationship with God, the longer you stay around, because now you walk in and you're like, they are about to start the African song. Yeah, we are not too late. I think they have finished the McDowell song. They are probably now doing the Israel song. Yeah. They are either now about to start on Naga or Salt of the World. Or, yeah, you know the word real. Yeah, so when you walk in. <laughs> oh, all the saints you're like, I knew it. Wow. Wow. <laughs> Am I preaching? So, what did, what did Jesus tell this guy? Next verse. He said, we are in the story. We are in the story by now. Yeah, you have rightly judged. The one who was forgiven 500 denarii 
loved more than one of 50. You know, when someone gives you a big pen hmm, as a gift, not lend me a pen when you're filling in those things, no, as a gift, and they come and say, I thought about you. I thought about you. You know, there are some gifts you have to talk for. You have to explain eh, the symbolism behind Huh? Yeah. Yeah. Like, I know you're writing a good story for many people's lives. Yeah. More of the story. Don't give a big pen for a gift. So, when someone gives you a big pen and someone else gives you a car, Hmm? When you're there and you're thinking about people you want to spend time with, the big pen guy has no chance. Yeah. So he was forgiven more, loved more, just like the people give you a certain kind of gifts. You just, it's just automatic. God has designed us like that. Whether you like it or not, your heart is going to open to that person. And you will treat them a certain way. They can even annoy you sometimes and they can even be one of those people who, you're like, cut your naughty tea. But, you're like, it's okay. Your heart is what? Yeah, because forgiving someone a debt is as good as giving them. Because you gave them the money first of all before you forgive. Am I making sense? That's why the Bible says that a gift is a precious possession in the hand of in the hands of its possessor and it prospers wherever he turns is there such a verse in proverbs yeah even if you search for it prospers wherever he turns no not that one there is another one there, there is another one i know there is that one but let's not talk about that one today yeah a present a present is a precious stone in the eyes of its possessor, wherever he turns, he prospers. Some people, they just... Look, success is not as complicated as you think. Yeah. Me and Marvel at people and how they, are, they deliberately decide to try to drive while stepping on the brakes. Yeah. Too much noise and smoke, but what? Zero, not much progress. Why? They don't know some of these tricks to life. A present is a one. In the eye. And what happens? Wherever he turns, he prospers. Yeah, you must have a gift budget if you're going to go somewhere in life. 
Simple life hack. Because the once you gift someone, eh, Uringa, you have got a hook and planted it in their heart. Yeah, they cannot not think about you. Yeah. They cannot not think about you. So when they are thinking about also doing something good for some people, they're like, I, you just, in fact, one Bishop Dan said something. He said, it, it is a dangerous thing for people to do good things for you. Yeah, because you become indebted to them for good. You can't, you can't just be there and pretend like no, you are It's a spiritual principle. But anyway, so this woman is doing this and, and Jesus tells this guy no water, what uh, we were in the story, yeah. You, you wiped, you gave me, no, you did not anoint my head with oil, but this woman has anointed my feet with fragrant oil. Therefore, I said to you, verse 47, this is the point I wanted to make. Her sins, which are many, her sins, which are many, are forgiven, for she loved much. But to whom little is forgiven, the same loves little. Now, the point is not that people have been forgiven little. Yeah, if you are a human being, your mountain of sin is Mount Everest sin. Yeah, because with God is pure. Even what you consider a little sin is too much for God. It's too much for God. That's why there are all those laws in the Bible, not so that we can fulfill them, because not the labor of my hands can fulfill the law's demands. Could my tears forever flow? Could my... Oh, for sin the... Yeah, okay, that one. The idea is not to, you see, if you ever read like Leviticus, you get a small time headache. Yeah, trying to think, now how do I go about this thing? It is just to show us God's standard and how it is impossible to fulfill. The writer in Romans chapter 3, is it? Verse 19, 20, 21. Let's try that in case it's the one. Been long since I passed through those lands. Give me Romans 3. Now we know that whatever the law says, huh? It says to those who are what? That what? That every mouth may be stopped and all the world may become guilty before God. That's the whole purpose of the law. To show you the Gwenata, you know. Guilty. At night we're guilty. Now we are guilty. I'm not called guilty. Now I'm being guilty. 
them bear guilty. You know what they have a Christian sounding them guilty. Because if we're guilty, Ndagire guilty. Aliba guilty. Namazi guilty. I'm looking for botanical names. Hungara guilt is like. Yeah. So the idea is not that some people are forgiven little while others are forgiven much. It's just a matter of recognition. Some people don't know how forgiven they are. And usually there's two categories of people. They are the they are the they are those who refuse to recognize how forgiven they are and therefore they don't really like there are some people who are saved but you can tell that they are saved their salvation is very very little yeah like the fruit when you touch it it's a plastic one it's not a real one if they look saved but didn't go deep i'm just being honest with you yeah, there are people who give lips. You let me ask you: ca Can't someone tell a girl they love her when they actually don't? Yeah. yeah. So what's important? What's impossible about telling God you love Him when you actually don't? Yeah, I'm not one of those people who is convinced that everyone who says they are saved, they are saved. No, 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 no. no. Because salvation, they say, the Bible says you are a new creation. You're regenerated. It's not about coming to church enough to start behaving like the other Christians. Something radical happens inside out. And you are the one who is most aware of it more than anyone else. Yeah, that's why Jesus said, and this is all scripture. You say, there are those who say, Lord, Lord, we did this, we did that, we did, and say, get out of, get out of here. Yeah, go to the wherever there is weeping and gnashing of teeth. I never knew you. But they were saying all the right stuff. Am I making sense? You see, we can't have a revival built on falsehoods. Saying the right things and whatever. No. God knows our hearts. God knows our hearts. God knows the people who really love him in spite of all their trash and weaknesses. In fact, there are people who love God so much that if it were you, when they say, judge between this one and this one, who loves God more? You'll be like, you mean this one loves God? Since when? Like this woman. Yeah. yeah. And I said, no. This one, this one, of course, loves God. They always here at church. They do this. They serve on the other day. You don't know. But anyway, the Bible says the purpose of the law is that everyone should what? Yeah. So there are people who refuse to recognize the gravity of the thing. So they keep playing religion. And now on the other end of the spectrum are people who sort of recognize or recognized once, in a, once upon a time how serious the thing is but they take the blood of Jesus, uh, how do I put it? Lightly. So they keep walking around with guilt. Yeah? You see, they are the deniers, those who, do, who deny how sinful they really are, and then there are those who 
want to pretend as if they can save themselves. So whereas they are fully forgiven, they keep walking around with some little guilt, they think it impresses anyone. They take responsibility for their salvation. Am I making sense? Am I making sense? This, this other category here, they are typically, they are not a, a lot in church. They are out there. You preach to them, they are like, no, no, me, I, I, I don't do this, I don't do that, I don't do that, I don't think I need to be saved. This other category, they are fully saved, they are in it, they serve, they are what, but they are not convinced that they are fully loved and forgiven. Hey. First Timothy 1, 12 to 16. And I thank Jesus, Christ Jesus our Lord. Let me try and hurry. If you can hurry with me by reading. Don't be too shell-shocked. Read. And I thank Christ Jesus our Lord who has enabled me because he counted me faithful, putting me into the ministry. Continue. Although I was formerly a blasphemer, a persecutor, and an insolent man, but I obtained mercy because I did it ignorantly in unbelief. And the grace of our Lord was exceedingly abundant with faith and love which are in Christ Jesus. This is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptance that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am chief. This is Paul. He says, you know what, guys? If you're looking for sinners that Christ came to save, I'm at the front of the line. Yeah, I am just terrible. But it, he talks about the what? The mercy of God. The grace of God. And he says in the next verse, however, for this reason, I obtained mercy. That in me first, Jesus Christ might show all long suffering as a pattern to those who are going to believe on him for everlasting life. That in me, Jesus will show all patience. Long-suffering is patience. That he was so patient with me, he could have killed me. He could have destroyed me. But I killed Stephen, I killed people. But he was patient with me so he could save me so that I could preach this gospel. My brother, my sister, the reason you're not really into the thing is you think you, you are unaware of the mercy, of the grace, of the love of God. Ask yourself, those who do it without anyone prompting them, where do they get the, that unceasing energy and vitality to do it year in, year out, non-stop? It's unawareness. Are you with me? Yeah. Look, look at this scripture. Ah. Ah, let's try Hebrews. Let's try Hebrews 6, 9 to 12. I, I'm finishing. But together, beloved, we are confident of better things concerning you. Yes, things that accompany salvation Though we speak in this manner, for God is not unjust. Forget your work and labor of love which you have shown toward Islam, in that you have ministered to the saints and do minister. And we desire 
that each one of you show the same diligence to the full assurance of hope until the end, that you not become sluggish, but imitate those who through faith and patience inherit the promises. He's saying, you know what? God is not unjust to forget. So we should also not forget. The thing that is slowing us down is we have forgotten. Look at this scripture in Second Peter, chapter 1. It's right after the scripture that we love here a lot. From verse 5, it says, But also for this very reason, giving all diligence. Now watch this. Read this with me, please. It says, Add your faith, virtue, to virtue, knowledge, to knowledge, self-control, to self-control, perseverance, to perseverance, godliness, to godliness, brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness, love. For if these things are yours and are bound, you will neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Look at the next verse. For he who lacks these things, huh? what happened? Is short-sighted even to blindness. And why? Has forgotten that he was cleansed from his old sins. Yeah. Forgetting the love, the grace that saved us. That you and I, tomorrow being a public holiday, could now be at a certain bar on bottle number, whatever, and going to go until 4 a.m not knowing where your wallet is and whatever it is. But, but God. Yeah, that you're living here. Predictably going into a place where people know that's where you stay. And it is your right place. It's, you can't take it for granted. We can't take it for granted, he says. In 1 Corinthians 15, 9 to 10, he says, For I am the least of the apostles, who am not worthy to be called an apostle. Why? Because I persecuted the church of God. But by the grace of God, I am what I am. And this grace toward me was not in vain, but I laid more abundantly than they all. You know what I by the grace of God that was in me. He, she that was forgiven much, loved much. She that was forgiven much, loved much. Once the focus becomes ourselves and what we can do for God, our love disappears. Sometimes quickly, sometimes slowly. You stop responding to texts on your zonal group. You stop reacting to your mission or community leader. You stop going for evangelism. You stop giving sacrificially. You become sluggish. Why? You have forgotten. You have forgotten the love with which you are loved. But friends, when we keep this in focus and are not shaken and understand the love of God it's the best place to be if you're going to be in revival for a long time the best place to be 
is in the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. And realizing, you know, as I was telling you, God has liberties. <laughs> you know, some people, they say, me, God, you have not done this, you have not done this. You have, but you, look, God has liberties. Even that little you are believing him for, it is by his grace that he has given you the faith to believe him for that little. Otherwise, you could be without hope. Yeah, people who are without hope, they are not believing for anything. Yeah. So, the fact that you can even pray and say, God, can you give me a job or something or protect? That, that's grace. You don't know that it is his grace causing you to pray. So, there's no point in giving God ultimatums. If you knew how much he has already loved you, where are you? And that level of liberty he has not to. Because he says, while we are still sinners, Christ died for the ungodly. God is loving sinners here. So he has liberty not to. Yeah. There are so many people who have never seen even the smallest miracle you have witnessed in your life. But they still love God. Daniel and the other three friends of Daniel, they said, you know what, O king, we will not bow, for our God will what? Save us. But let it be known to you, even if he does not save us, we will not bow. God is looking for radical people like that. The future of this faith in our nation, in our world, depends on people like that. People who are not looking for a small miracle here and there. People who are just saying, God, there's a guy called John Knox. He said, give me Scotland or I die. And the Queen of Scotland said that he fears the prayers of John Knox more than the armies of Europe combined. Are you here? Are, here, are there people here who recognize the love? of God and how much we've been loved. Okay, stand up and let's pray. Let's start praying. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, we bless you, Jesus. Oh, we thank you for your love, for your love, yeah. Just talk to God. Just speak to him in whatever words come to you. Tell him, Lord, I'm available. You have loved me too much. We bless you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We honor you. Thank you for loving us so much. Thank you for giving the best, the unspeakable gift of Jesus. Thank you for the power of the Holy Spirit.
Thank you that we are washed clean. Thank you that we are called into this ministry, into this gospel. Thank you for loving us. You could have called others. You could have chosen others, but you've chosen us. Because you see in us more than we see in ourselves. You see gold in us. You see the best in us. So we bless you. We will take this gospel to the ends of the world. We will go. We will go. Not in our own strength, but in your strength. Not in our own effort, but in your grace. Oh, we bless you, Jesus. We thank you, Jesus. Come on, lift your voices in this place. Pray, pray passionately. Pray passionately. Don't be passive. Yeah, we bless you, Jesus. Oh, we love you, Jesus. You have been so good to us. You have been, you have been, you have been forever and ever and ever and ever. Blessing and glory and honor and power. You have loved us. You have baptized us. You have provided for us. You have called us. You've drawn us. Your love is forever. Your love, your love, your love. Your love is forever. We worship you. We give you glory. We give you praise. Blessing and glory. Honor and power. Be unto your name, Jesus. With all who we are hey. Worship the Lord everybody Lift your voice and pray Lift your voice and give thanks For his goodness His kindness His grace Oh we love you, we love you, we love you we love you, Jesus. For you have loved us first. Our hearts are open to you. Our hearts are open to you. Yeah. Oh, oh, oh. oh, oh. feel like there are people who feel like they've been far. God is giving you grace tonight. God is anointing you afresh. Oil of gladness rests upon you. You feel like you've been too far. You feel like you've been not close. God is, in, God is just loving on you. He's revealing to your heart what he is to you. Just receive that. Just receive that from him. Receive his love. Ah, thank you, Jesus. Hearts are melting. 
hearts are melting. There are people who have, you've been serving faithfully, but your heart was hardening because of the hard work that you have had to do to grow the ministry, to, to grow that MC, to grow that zone, whatever it is. You have, you are, you're, because of handling people and people's needs, we are starting to get hard in heart. And God, God, is, God is, is just giving you new grace to love supernaturally. Supernatural love, supernatural love. Just receive it, somebody. Just receive. Two categories. Those who feel like you've been far. God, is, God has drawn you. God is opening your heart. He's showing you how much he loves you. And that you don't have to be far anymore. And those who have been near, but you have been serving with hard work, rigor, with labor. God is giving new grace to love people. New grace. Just open your heart. Let, let him melt. Let, let his spirit soften your heart. That you don't have to serve out of a hard place. No more serving out of a hard place. No more serving out of a hard place. No more serving out of a hard place. Receive that. Pray in the spirit, people. Pray in the spirit. Is, is, is. We speak is. New oil, fresh oil. Fresh oil to serve with gladness, with joy. Hey, thank you, Jesus. We receive your oil. We receive the anointing to serve with joy, with joy. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, behold, I'm. I make all things new, says the Lord. In someone's life, there's someone in this place you need, you're looking for a fresh beginning. God is saying, I'm giving it to you. Someone is looking for a fresh beginning. You have faced a hardship, a specific hardship that has afflicted your heart. Something very specific. It's not a general thing. Something specific. It could be a relationship. It could be a hardship in a specific relationship. A hardship maybe financially or at work or in your life. Just a frustration. God is giving you a fresh beginning. There's someone facing a frustration of no progress. You feel like you're working hard. I'm talking about a person who feels like what the scripture teaches in Old Testament. Like you put your money in a bag with holes. That's the best picture I'm seeing. It's like so much work with very little progress. You're being released from that right now. Right now. No more shall you labor for no progress. Someone receive that. Don't underestimate the word of God. God's word is powerful. Come on, don't stop praying. Whatever you do, don't stop praying. Just continue praying. God is speaking. God is giving us prophetic words right now. Just keep praying. The more you pray, the, the better it flows. The more you pray, the better it flows. Riba eka yamo bro Mae kalabo bro Siaka yamo ba 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 
likely choice like Paul like Paul an unlikely choice I'm hearing unlikely choice like this woman who is remembered unlikely choice there's someone in this room when you think about yourself you think if, if your relatives even heard that you're a minister they would faint some, there is an unlikely choice of a person that God is going to use so mightily to astound everyone and you are, no one would ever put their money on you. <laughs> there is a person in this room, no one. Yeah, you are so like not into these things but God has put his money on you. God has put his money on you. You are going to see it manifest. God has chosen you. There's someone here. God has chosen you and you are so unlikely. You're supposed to be a very unlikely candidate for the ministry, for a great ministry. I'm not just talking about ministry, average, average. A great ministry and it's going to happen. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Can you help me give thanks to God for his words? For his words. We bless you. We bless you. We bless you, Jesus. Hey, hey, hey. Now, if you're here in the room or watching us online or in one of our hosting centers and you've never given your life to Jesus, you ended up in a prayer meeting or you have walked away from God, God is calling you tonight. Wherever you are, as everyone prays, every eye closed, Every head bowed and everybody praying. As everyone is praying, wherever you are, in those hosting centers, in the different places where you're joining us, or online if you're by yourself, and you have, you're saying, I, I, I am not really walking with Jesus right now. I want you to put your hand up. I want to pray with you so that you change that right now. If you're here in the room, put your hand up straight. I need to see it or if you are in any of the other places, put your hand up. There is a pastor there at all the hosting places, hosting centers. Just put your hand up. They'll pray with you. If you are alone in a car, at home, wherever, just still put your hand up, and we are going to pray. All right, if you're there, just say, Lord Jesus, I recognize your love for me. And tonight, I give my life to you. Take my life and do something significant with it. 
Amen. 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 Do you receive that? If you've prayed that prayer, there's a number on your screen, 0775-642449. Text that number. Tell us that you received Jesus tonight because we want to reach out to you. Amen. for listening to this teaching. We hope that you've been blessed by the Worship Harvest Sermon Series. For more teachings and other resources, visit www.worshipharvest.org or call 0393-281-555. That is 0393-281-555.